Hello everybody and welcome to episode 9 of the Shiny Bees podcast, The Enemy Within. Today is Sunday the 21st of April and coming up in today's show we have a lot of Trek inspired chatter, the latest Shiny Bees news and a pattern pick. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 9 of the podcast. A big welcome back to any returning listeners and a welcome to any new listeners that might be with us today. It's always nice to have you here with me. Thank you very much for those of you that have left feedback for me recently on Ravelry and on iTunes. There's been some really nice reviews which I'm very grateful for so thank you very much. Obviously I don't do it for the reviews but it's always nice to know when people are enjoying the show. So thank you very much for those of you that have done that. I must say I'm quite glad at the moment to be in South Africa and away from the media circus that seems to be going on in the UK at the moment following the recent death of uh, Baroness Thatcher. I find the, the media in the UK is extremely hard work and in South Africa loads of stuff happens and it just gets brushed under the carpet and nothing is said about it. Whereas in the UK you just can't escape from it, which I found quite really, really quite irritating when I was back at Christmas and... They were talking about Kate Middleton being pregnant and days and days and days of coverage on what she's going to wear. Is it twins? Is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be a girl? What's going on? What's with this? And the most inane details that nobody cares about. And meanwhile, half of the rest of the civilised world is falling apart. You know, the Korean Peninsula is on the brink of nuclear war and all we're bothered about is who's turning up to what funeral. So I'm really glad to be missing that. And I know a lot of other people were sort of hunkering down trying to get away from it. Uh, it's. I find it really hard work, the media, I find them very intrusive and they seem to just report on stuff that isn't actually that important or isn't really even news. So that's quite hard work. Obviously there's been some quite hard times for the listeners in the US and some of you who do have relatives and friends in the US at the moment who seem to be having a ve- uh, going through a pretty difficult stage obviously with the Boston Marathon bombings and then the explosion in in Texas, apologies, recently. So if any of you are affected by that, then um, my thoughts go out to you. As always, I've got a couple of show totes on a slightly brighter note. So hello to Three Bad Cats and Sheepish One on Ravelry. They're the Ravelry names of the people I'm talking to. Three Bad Cats lives in New Zealand and she's got three Shelties. And obviously you know that I have two Shelties at home in the UK at the moment. So I was extremely excited to find someone who not only knits but also has Shelties. And uh, I've had quite a good laugh with her recently. And also with Sheepish One Melody uh, who I've been talking to on Ravelry. So hello to you both. There's also been quite a good uh, chatter going on on Twitter. I've been chatting quite a bit to DQ Knits and Alan Knits. Hello to you both. And I'm also enjoying the Undercover Owl at the moment. She just she has three kiddies and she tweets a lot about general life with three children, which I just found quite funny. She has quite a funny turn of phrase when she's uh, tweeting about things, which is, is quite entertaining, especially when you think, yes, I so know where you're coming from there. As well as uh, Mossy Mostich, who's second mentioned in two episodes for her. And she is also, it sounds like she has a lot of fun at her house. She has three boys, so it's quite hectic. So <laughs> I quite enjoy talking to her as well, or have done over the last month. So if you're on Twitter, come and say hello. I do still don't really get Twitter that much, but I enjoy chatting to people on it. So say hello to me. I'm Shiny Bees on Twitter if you want to add me. 
As I've said countless times before, I am very friendly and I do enjoy chatting to people, so don't be shy, come and say hello, and hopefully uh, you can enjoy my somewhat lively sense of humour, which is getting only more lively with the sleep deprivation. So, without much further ado, we'll get on to the show. So the title of today's show is The Enemy Within, which may or may not have conjugated, is that even a word, conjugated? conjugated in your mind uh, certain ideas about what this podcast was going to be about and maybe it was going to be you know heavy political stuff rather than just knitting things but it's not uh, as usual even when bad things happen I make a joke out of it because that's the only way to live frankly so today is actually inspired the title by an episode of Star Trek now before you turn it off and I know some of you are thinking oh no I'm not a Trekkie, I'm not that into it, but recently I have been made aware that it has some artistic merits. So that is sort of how it came to be being part of the show. I bought for Christmas for Mealy uh, the original series of Star Trek. And this was the one that was done in the 60s with... uh, the the, word I, the phrase I heard it described as, which again I found very funny, was um, in all its young, sh- shagadelic, young Shatner-filled glory. <laughs> and it is very shagadelic. It's kind of like Austin Powers meets the future. It's quite funny. And in one of the episodes in particular, and this is how it ended up coming to be part of the show, really... Because the first few episodes I was like, oh, he wants to watch it and I bought it for Christmas for him so I'm going to have to watch it as well. And yeah, I really didn't enjoy the weekend. It made me watch every single Star Trek film back to back. But I can just knit. I don't really have to watch it. And then I sort of ended up getting a bit into it. <laughs> because it's not that geeky, the original series. It's all about mincing about with phaser guns and, and a shagadelic young Shatner. So that is such a mouthful. If I had a few beers, I reckon I could really really go into the explicit version on iTunes (laughs) quite by accident anyway back to where we were on one of the episodes which is called The Enemy Within um, Shatner, not Shatner, Jim Kirk that's his his character obviously, Captain Kirk uh, they beam down to this planet and they pick up this little dog and the dog is kind of like a Westie but it's dressed up as something which put me in mind of the Big Five pattern pick, and I just found it hilarious because it's kind of like this weird half lion, half rhino costume because he's got this weird rhino horn in the middle of his head. It's not a unicorn horn because it's not straight, it's kind of bent like a rhino horn. Anyway, obviously I found this completely hilarious and they beam this, this dog back up. I think it's not, I don't know if it is a dog or it's some other creature. I didn't really listen that hard, but... This outfit was was quite possibly made of funky fur or some kind of ribbon yarn. I reckon it was entirely highly flammable because no one really cared in the 60s. And of course, the fairly sad looking doggy was there with his little sad face on, aware that he looks completely ridiculous. So they've been back up to the to the ship and this dog kind of gets split in two because there's a problem with the transporter or something so then you have like nice cute little fluffy dog with his sad little rhino horn face and then evil rabid rhino horn dog that they just kind of put in this cage and they go over to the cage and you just see this kind of sort of uh, affair 
Anyway, it turns out that the dog isn't the only person to kind of get into a split personality when he comes back up in the transporter. And Jim Kirk also gets turned into a goody Kirk and a baddie Kirk. So the goody Kirk turns into a bit of a wet pants and he's not really sure what he's doing. And then you have the baddie Kirk who's who's kind of going around looking a bit a bit like he has rabies, really. He's sort of baring his teeth a lot and looking around in a sinister fashion. And you can tell it's the baddie Kirk because he has a lot of eye makeup on. More eye makeup than he normally wears because everyone seems to wear eye makeup in that series. Unless it was the first series and they probably didn't have a massive budget. It's all the same shade of grey eye makeup. But yes, anyway. It turns out that in order to sort of fix the whole problem, you know, good Kirk has to kind of outsmart, overcome evil Kirk, who's trying to kill good Kirk. But they can't kill each other because then they would both die and they're both part of the same person. And Anyway, after quite a bit of to and fro and chasing each other around the engineering decks, which is the only other set they've got, the bridge and the engineering decks, um, they end up on the bridge for a bit of a standoff. And... He ends up, you know, coming good in the end, as he always does. He's a little bit smug in that one, you know. He pulls his face and you think, oh, you're making my skin crawl just ever so slightly with your smugness. I don't like it, Shatner. Sort it out. So, but most of the time he's just cocky and quite arrogant and quite good fun to watch. I quite enjoy Spock because he's just got, you know, no personality in a way, but then lots of personality at the same time. And it's not as geeky or unwatchable as I originally thought it was. And it started in 1967, so it's like nearly 50 years old now. And I've been promised that I can have a massive marathon where we'll watch every Star Trek series and every film when once it's 50 years old. Yes, don't think I can quite wait for that. <laughs> it just reminds me, really, of my physics teacher, who, when he was teaching us astrophysics, used to draw um, the Starship Enterprise as the thing that's in space when we're working out all the equations and what have you. And he was pretty geeky because he's a physics teacher. Nice chap, but geeky. And uh, it just reminded me of him. So if you haven't actually watched the original series, it's a bit more of a soap opera than a sci-fi, in my opinion. And it is actually worth a watch. So I would recommend that as a bit of TV knitting because you don't have to concentrate too hard. Ahead, Mr. Sulu, Walk Factor 1. <laughs> So you probably heard Sam making his first appearance, well, appearance isn't appearance if you're in audio form because you can't see someone so it's not their appearance, but his first audition I suppose on the podcast so we had to uh, leave the recording there because obviously he, he wasn't happy at not being involved in all the excitement of recording a podcast but hopefully we won't be uh, interrupted again today because I've just sent Millie out with the children to go, go looking for zebras in the niche reserve so hopefully that will keep them occupied for a little while and I can record the rest of the podcast. So on to the news section. The main thrunge of the news section, thrunge is also a great word, is the knitter square knit along that's been quiet for a little while especially over Christmas because everyone has a lot of knitting to do over Christmas for gifts etc. That is still ongoing and as it's starting to get quite cold now here I think it's time to reinvigorate the efforts there. The first squares that people have done are on the way in the post and as I mentioned in one of the podcasts a couple of podcasts ago I've sorted out my stash into stuff that can be squares and stuff that is for keeping for projects and I've cast on the first lot of squares with some Noro. It's going to be quite cold in Joburg 
which is where the majority of the squares go, so they go to Soweto. It's already quite cold in Limpopo, actually, on the odd days when the sun doesn't come out. And I have been wearing some socks, which is quite novel, because I seem to wear Havianas for kind of 11.5 months of the year here. Um, Joburg is about four and a half hours drive south of where I live, so it is much colder. And obviously when you're in a house that doesn't have any heating, or maybe only has a paraffin heater or lamp, it does get pretty chilly. For those who don't remember what I'm talking about with the knitter square knit along, I mentioned it originally in episode 3 which was the C word, which was charity not crochet uh, being the C word. We like crochet on this show, I'm not that talented in that department but I have a big respect for it and I, I quite like the, the things you can make from it. But the basic idea is that you make a 20cm square, square and you send it to South Africa with hopefully with a big pile of other squares and it's made into blankets for HIV and AIDS affected children and AIDS grannies and I explain that as being a lot of the people who are affected by HIV AIDS in this country and have died from it are not um, the older generation as in the grannies it's the generation in between that have been affected by it so you get a lot of children that are being looked after by their grannies because their parents have died so obviously the grannies are you know they're quite old as well and they, they, they need to be warm too so they make blankets for them as well which is nice Everyone is welcome to join in. You can do any design, any weight of fabric, uh, any weight of yarn rather, as long as it's uh, 20 centimetres squared. And what you need to do is when you send your squares off, if you could put them into little kind of groups according to fibre content, because they try and put natural fibres to the children that don't have electricity and therefore their heating and lighting sources are naked flames because obviously you don't want, if it did catch, heaven forbid, catch on fire, you don't want um, acrylics, it's going to melt onto them. The acrylic ones go to that children's homes where they do have at least kind of electric lighting. The full details can be found on the Knitter Square group of all the dimensions and everything else. And I've started a thread in the Shiny Bees podcast group on Ravelry, so please, if you have done some squares, come and show them off, because it would be nice to see them. Also, I will do a random prize draw, I think, for everyone who has taken part just before I leave South Africa, which there will be more on that in upcoming episodes. But we are due to actually leave South Africa in July of this year. So we have to go back and, and do another job somewhere else in the country. But I will tell you more about that nearer the time. Let's not get too depressed about that now. So if you would like to join in with the Knitter Square Knit Along, then please come and join in the, with the thread and show us what you have done. The other part of the news is the fourth annual Knitting and Crochet Blog Week, which starts tomorrow. I was hoping to get this podcast out earlier in the week, but that did not happen because there was no zebra hunting going on. And that is run by uh, Mimi of the Eskimimi Makes uh, website blog. And it is a week-long series of posts on certain topics to do with uh, knitting and crochet basically. There's a special way that you tag the posts, um, which is like a unique tag, which means when you go on Google, if you put that tag in, you will pretty much only get things that have been written for Knitting and Crochet Blog Week because it's so obscure. But it means that you can go and have a look at everyone else's posts as well. And like I said, there are certain topics for each day and you write about that specific topic. So it's quite a good exercise in writing about what someone else wants you to write about and kind of expanding your blogging horizons or even 
starting a blog if you haven't done one before it's not that hard it really isn't and you know you mustn't worry too much about what people think about your blog just do it for yourself and see where it goes from there because some people will always like what you do and some people won't and then who cares about the people who don't like it frankly so that was also how I ended up doing the podcast because one of the posts last year was to do something a bit different and I did an audio version of a baboti recipe which had been given to me by Tessa, which is Justice, who did the Malva pudding, it's his wife. So those of you who had designs on Justice, I'm sorry, he's already married, um, but they gave me a Baboti recipe and I recorded it in audio format and then was basically enabled into doing a podcast by Naughty Martin, the enabler I make. So you never know where it's going to lead. If you want to take part, then you can do some of the days, you can do all of the days, you can do them on the days you meant to do them, you can do them in your own time, whatever you want really. But I would really like to read them, especially if they're done by listeners. So please come and post your blog, if you're happy for me to read them obviously, in the uh, thread on the Ravelry group so I can go and have a nosy at them. If you need any help with any blogging stuff, I'm not a massive techie expert, but I know a little bit, so please give me a shout, and if I can help you, I will. Looking forward to reading some posts from you all there. And the Whipping Piccadilly section. Yes, it feels like a long time since I've done one of these. And yet, just considering I have like a small child, a very small child, nearly 12 weeks this week, I've done a reasonable amount of knitting. Considering I, didn't, I don't think pick up any needles when the beast was born for a long time afterwards. So on the needles at the moment, knitting wise, the Owl's Jumper by Kate Davis, Rowan Sheep Breeds, Chunky, is hibernating in the UK because I wanted the luggage space for various dull stuff like, well, baby clothes mostly. Um, because it wasn't going to be ready in time for I'm not going to need it here because it's going to be too thick basically even in winter it's sort of you know really kind of three to five degrees first thing in the morning but by half past ten it's back up nearly at 20 so I'm not going to wear it here so I decided I would rather leave it till I got back in summer and then work on it again then knowing that I'll be able to wear it in winter and it will actually fit me so that isn't a hibernation and I won't mention that again now until I start working on it again if that's all right by you guys but I did cast on some new stuff. I've cast on the Holden Charlotte, which is by Mindy Wilkes. It's a free pattern and it's quite a famous one. Quite a lot of people have done it. It's a triangular Charlotte with a lace edging. And it's very simple for a first shawl project. Not that I went simple on my first shawl, but there you go. Standard for Joe, really. And most of it is in stocking stitch with a three stitch garter border. I'm written it in flamboyance yarns, Meteor, Mr. Blue Sky colourway, which is quite subtle, really, for your flamboyance, because normally it's the, the, the colourways are quite loud and quite colourful, which is why I like them so much. This is all kind of shades of blues and a kind of purpley bit in it as well, with a Stellina content, hence the Meteor, so it's got a little bit of sparkle in it. I've got to say... I'm enjoying the colour very much. The base, the sparkliness, is not sparkly enough for me. I'm a bit more of a more is more kind of girl when it comes to, to glittery things rather than less is more. 
sort of more along the kind of drag queen kind of glitter amount than than maybe other people are but it's still very nice it's just very like i say it's very subtle you have to kind of move the the fabric to see the, the glitteriness and i like a bit more glitter i am just about to start the lace section on that the tension on the stocking stitch has not been great there's a bit more stretch in this base and i'm used to at the moment with the super twists there isn't actually that much that I've been using a lot there isn't that much stretch in it but this one has more stretch in it it's still very nice to knit with but obviously I've been quite tired as well and I've been doing some of it so some of the stitches are a little bit looser but hopefully it will all block out in the wash and if not well you know whatever I'm not, I'm not ripping it back it's not that bad <laughs> so I will put try and put some pictures up of that in progress I've been doing it on the Chia Goo needles and just they're just as awesome on this project as they were on the damask frankly they're really good so um, maybe i must save my pennies and get an interchangeable set but more on that at some point in the future no doubt the other project that i've cast on again is kebnekeza socks by frida oberg i've learned how to pronounce it properly thanks to my lovely sweet swedish not swedish swedish friend uh katarina it is a free pattern and you probably remember that I've cast it on before and then I ripped it out because I just chose the complete wrong colourway of yarn to do it in. I've cast it on again in Nurturing Fibre's Super Twist Sock, Kel Surprise, in an autumnal kind of colourway. There was no name for it because I lost the uh, piece of the card that came with it, but it's in a kind of quite warm yellow, green and orange. It's that kind of autumny leaves sort of colour. It looks much better in this because the colour changes are longer so it's very nice. I'm only on sock one at the moment but I am enjoying it quite a lot. It's quite good. I spent quite a long time knitting on it the other week whilst listening to uh, I Make and Caithness Craft Collective so I'm catching up on my podcast as well at long last after the Star Trek marathon. And that's it for On the Needles. Off the Needles is the Damask Shawl. I can hear cheers from across the globe that I actually managed to finish that over a year after I cast it on. But it had been resting. It doesn't take a year of knitting. It's just been resting for long periods in between. And I actually got re Once I changed needles onto the Chaigu ones, I got really into it and really quite enjoyed it. I think as I've been kind of growing, doing different projects as a knitter in between, I've obviously improved my skills and that's made it easier because when you do that as a first shawl and you're doing like these massive long rows to start with, it's quite it's quite hectic whereas it was as I was going along the rows getting shorter and shorter which makes it a bit addictive I really enjoyed the result of all of that work and I really like how the shawl has turned out I've worn it a couple of times on the chillier days and the not so chilly days and looked a bit ridiculous when I had to take it off within five minutes of getting outside in the sunshine but there are some pictures of that on the project page now and I think I shared it with the group as well if you want to see it it's not perfect you can see a fault in one of the lines where the stitch count was a bit wrong and I, and I fudged it but I don't really care I'm still quite proud of it so go have a look at that if you fancy and sewing wise I have finished the pajamas and the dressing gown that I was making for her Britannic Majesty the Moses ones where she the shirt was so long she looked like Moses she still looks like Moses but it's not quite so long now and she, she really enjoys it. She's been mincing around the house with these pyjamas on. And I even took her out to play with one of her friends with the pyjamas on. So that's been a bit of a result. And also I finished the dressing gown, which was done in... It was trimmed in the same flannel I made the pyjamas in. 
and it was made out of a fairly lightweight kind of sweater material where it's kind of knit on one side and then fluffy on the inside. She seems to quite enjoy that. She looks a little bit like um, Luke off of Star Wars because it's got a big hood on it as well and she puts the hood and she kind of peeks out from under the hood when she puts the hood up. So she looks quite funny. Um, but she seems to quite enjoy that. That was quite straightforward actually, more so than the fiddliness of, of the pyjamas. In other sewing, I have made a burp cloth and a bib set for my Swedish friend Katarina, second mention, in about as many minutes. She's just gone back to Sweden, but she is expecting a new baby in, I think it is July. So I made her a little burp cloth and bib set for, for when she's, you know, the new baby's out and about. I will put a link to the pattern. It was a free pattern that I used in the show notes, if you're interested. It was, it would have been much quicker if I didn't have two children to look after. It's probably better, you know, maybe an hour sewing for each thing and with all the cutting out and everything. But it's quite good for something just to knock up, it's something a bit different, really. I used uh, quilting cotton that I'd got from Abacan. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, In uh, for the front of it. And then I used a, a towel in fabric for the back of it, so it will actually absorb rather than two bits of cotton and batting, because I don't find batting's that absorbent, really. So that was very good, and I've been drafting some patterns for dresses for the beast because that's the next thing in the sewing course and I don't really want to do patterns for me at the moment because with just having a baby recently I'm only going to end up kind of changing it all again so I'd rather make some for her because it's summer in the UK when we get back as well so she can wear them she does seem to quite like wearing dresses really also I have just had a big birthday with the three in it and my wonderful and handsome husband has said he will get me a new sewing machine for my big birthday with a three in it. So I would like, if any of you are big sewers, some sewing machine recommendations, please. I will put a link on the uh, group on Ravelry and if you could put something in there or just PM me or what have you. Because I want a machine, I've got a very basic one at the moment that does that basic stitches. And it's fine, I've done the whole course on that, but I want something that is a bit more heavy duty in terms of, I would like to be able to sew heavier weight fabrics without worrying about the motor, etc. So I would rather have something that has a strong motor and can handle thicker fabrics than something that's got loads and loads of stitches. So if anything springs to mind that fulfills that criteria, then please let me know because there's a baffling array of machines out there and they all seem pretty much of a muchness really. So I would like to know which ones you guys have used and which ones you think are the best ones. So without further ado, I think we'd better go on to the pattern pick. So I'm sure you won't be surprised to find that this week's pattern pick also has a Star Trek theme. And again, reasonably amusing <laughs> results that you get from, from pattern googling on Ravelry. Uh, Star Trek as a keyword. There were quite a few patterns actually. It's surprising how many geeky Star Wars people, oh not Star Wars, Star Trek people also are many geeky people too. Which is always nice. So we will start at the top with the Star Trek socks, which are by Laura Homan. Been published in Batty Knits 
This is a free knitted pattern and it is for stranded colour work cuff down sock in four ply. It's not a beginner pattern, I wouldn't say. There are two different designs that you can uh, you can knit. One of them has a Star Trek badge. Not sure what the other badge is because I'm not enough of a Trekkie to actually realise what the other badge is. But they both look quite cool. One is black and red and one is black and yellow. Worth a look, I think, there for the geek in your life. There is also, after that, the LLP Fingerless Mittens by Audrey Paquin, which was published in Sub-Zero Knitting. It is another free pattern because it seems like Star Trek geeks are very generous with their knitted patterns. And again, it's for stranded colour work fingerless mitts with an outline of the Starship Enterprise on them and the tail number. I quite like them. They look quite clever and quite neat. And I think they look quite good with the socks. You could do them in the same colourways. So maybe one for the colder months. Then, I was really impressed with this one, is the Ships of Star Trek hat by Carol Schoenfelder. It is published in Carol's Knitting Page and is another free knitted pattern and it is an amazing colour work beanie which was designed for the Nerd Wars competition. I've got massive respect for the geekiness of this hat and I'm going to read out a quote from the Ravelry page that describes it because I am really impressed with it. it. It's really cool. Each of the... F- the, the five Star Trek series is represented in a field of stars in order from the start of the round to the end. You have the Enterprise, which is NX-01, an NX-class starship. Excuse the paper turning over. The USS Enterprise, NCC-1701, a Constitution-class ship. The Terek Nord, which was Deep Space Nine, the USS Enterprise D, which the tail number for that was NCC-1701D, a Galaxy-class ship, and the USS Voyager, NCC-74656, an Intrepid-class ship. And the little ships go all the way around the beanie. It's really nice, actually. It's quite cool. Especially if you have a someone who's really into the, the Star Trek and would kind of appreciate the geekiness of having all the different starships on there rather than just a repeated one all the way around i thought it was pretty awesome next for probably for the men in your life really if there is into the extremely short (laughs) short skirted uh, girls that seem to populate the original series at least is the trek girl dress by tony carr in somewhat unsurprisingly knits for nerds 30 projects science fiction comic books and fantasy it is a pattern, a knitted pattern for a ridiculously short hemmed dress in the style of the the yeoman type girly dresses that all the ladies seem to wear in Star Trek. Or, for those tiny Trekkies in your life, you have Star Trek Junior by Sarah Svart, Spurt, I think. My pronunciation needs work, clearly. Which is a free knitted pattern for a zip-up crew neck knitted onesie baby girl type affair little romper suit uh, for your little baby, your little Trek baby in the style of a Voyager uniform. So if you've got any kind of uh, Trek conventions to go to and you have a small child in tow, then clearly they need to be dressed in this. Then I chose Spock by Marielle Pinheiro, which is a free crochet pattern for a little Amigurumi Spock doll. Out of the 72 patterns that came up when I, I kind of searched for Star Trek, There were eight Spock ones, so quite a high proportion of Spock 
love in the pattern world there. This one, I thought, had the most true-to-life eyebrows for Spock and actually quite resembled him in as much as you can when you're crocheting a little Spock. So which is why I chose this one over the other Spock Arigurumi dolls. Seriously, I need to have a whiskey or something. My mouth is running away with me today. So if you're into your crochet and you want to make it a cute little Spock, do you have one there? Then we have, I know this is a long one, but there are a lot of patterns. The Ahura by M. Mario, which is a free knitted pattern for a shawl in lace weight. It's quite pretty, lacy shawl, and when it's kind of all blocked out, it's in the shape of like the Star Trek insignia badge thing. There's been quite a few patterns of that, so it isn't just geeks, I think, that are knitting it. And we then we have the Live Long and Keep Warm by Becca Strundle of Five Corners Design. This is a free knitted pattern for a Spock hat with the Spock ears attached. The pictures are quite cool because she's actually dressed up fully and has drawn on the eyebrows and everything uh, for the to model the Spock uh, eared hat. So it's really cool. Have a look at that one. And finally, if you don't have time to knit all of those amazing colourwork projects, or any of the others. Another one for the crocheters. It is a little Amikurumi Starship Enterprise by Catherine McMillan. Little miniature one. It's 3D. And I really enjoyed the description on the RAV page for that. So you'll have to go and have a look and read that one for yourselves because this has been quite a long section. But yeah, I think if you're, you're driving along in your car, it's the right kind of size to hang from your little rear view mirror if you're that way inclined. So check that one out. Hope you've enjoyed this uh, Trek-inspired, very long pattern pick. And that brings us on to the end of today's show, because time is marching on and this episode is getting longer and longer. I am not going to do the South Africa section this time, but there'll be a bumper South Africa section next time, because I'm hoping to start doing a spotlight feature on up-and-coming designers from South Africa and indie dyers as well, where I'll be introducing the finest new patterns that are hot on the South African pattern scene and bringing them out to the world. So look forward to that in the next episode. So from me, I haven't got much else left to say because the zebras can't be keeping them occupied for much longer. <laughs> then happy crafting. Have a lovely week. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it as always. I hope you've enjoyed being here with me and hopefully speak to you all again soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes of the podcast can be found on the blog at shinybees.wordpress.com and shinybees on Twitter and Ravelry or you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Uh,